still in Quartzsite, Arizona, what I refer to as sort of a cultural crossroads. Very interesting place, Quartzsite, Arizona, from its location to how it actually feels. I can't tell you how many questions I get from listeners and subscribers. Well, what's it really like there? And what are the details? And what if I want to come down there trying to get information? And as you know, often I just say you should just jump in. It's like asking how cold the water is uh, or how whatever. Just jump in and find out because you really can't prepare. I don't think you can really prepare people for for what this is like. I'm going to try in this podcast because Quartzsite uh, is really a poor man's paradise. We'll talk about it in Poor Man's Paradise Podcast 1120, the Bob Davis Podcasts. Well, I thanked a lot of people in the last podcast, and I do want to thank uh, my friends at Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul for home or business. There are a lot of systems in businesses and homes, and especially these days, it takes a lot to keep them running properly. It doesn't matter what the vintage is. Most of what you would bring to Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul is something that they will probably have seen many times before in five generations of doing plumbing, heating, and air conditioning in St. Paul. Quality replacement and repair of all plumbing, heating, and air conditioning systems. Residential and business. They do a lot of business. Restaurants, uh, you know, restaurants have unique needs for getting rid of uh, uh, all sorts of uh, things. Uh, Air, they need air venting and things of that nature. And the problem with restaurants is if if you get, you know, uh, sideways with some sort of regulatory uh, feature in our government, then you need somebody that can come in and take care of the problem. And they do that. Also, apartment buildings, multifamily housing, things like that. And, of course, residential. In St. Paul and Minneapolis, people living in older houses, remember a lot of the systems, if your house was built in 1920, uh, you've got a hundred-year-old uh, system there, and sometimes things break. Uh, uh, there's all sorts of efficiency issues that Ryan Plumbing and Heating can help with. Check them out online at ryanplumbing.com or call them at 651-224-4771 in Minneapolis, 612-927-6488. Like I said, five generations at the same location in St. Paul, quality replacement and repair of all plumbing, heating, and air conditioning systems, residential and business. Uh, you can call them again in uh, good old St. Paul at 651-224-4771 and big time Minneapolis, 612-927-6488, Ryan Plumbing and Heating. Yeah, we'll be getting to the subscribers and people who have uh, uh, contributed to the Bob Davis podcasts just recently, a little bit later on in this podcast. I have a lot of people to thank. Thanked a number of them uh, in the previous podcast celebrating three years on the road, which I did on Halloween. And I've just been chilling, uh, you know, just getting situated. Uh, I'll be here until March 1st or so. And then I'm heading uh, over to Florida. So we'll be talking about that. This will be really, this is as far as the last three years go, going on the fourth year. This will be of intermediate uh, length of stay here in uh, uh, Quartzsite. And we generally, the group that I'm with, we generally stay at what they call LTVAs, long-term visitor areas. There's a little bit of history to this part of, uh, this part of the country. And Quartzsite itself 
that I don't I don't know that there's a book any place that describes it. Obviously, there is a history to quartzite. Somewhere back in in the mists of time, I did a podcast. Uh, I went to the quartzite historical. Uh, whatever it's called, the Quartzite Historical Agency or whatever it is, Society. They have a little museum here, which uh, is interesting. I wouldn't, you know, it certainly isn't a Smithsonian quality museum, and you wouldn't want it. It's kind of kitschy. But you do learn about the history of this place, which has a lot to do with the history of Arizona, which really was a frontier for quite some time up into the 1920s. I talked about that a little bit in uh, some of the podcasts I did up at the Grand Canyon where I was stuck for a month, which was fantastic. Really, it's a great place to get stuck and really grew to... I love Arizona anyway. This is kind of my adopted home in a lot of ways. But there is something special about Arizona and there is something special about this little southwestern corner of Arizona which seems to be able to avoid most of the bad weather um, with the exception of the month of December, which can get a little cold depending on the year, a little rainy, uh, the weather gets, it changes. But then after December's over, you, you kind of go back to November and January, and by the time you get to uh, February, it really starts warming up again. So right now we're in the 70s and 80s. We just came off the 90s and 80s. And I imagine we'll probably stay here until December 1st or so when the weather changes. Then you get 50s and 60s and 40s at night and sometimes freezing, but very seldom. And the history I want to talk about now is really going back 30 or 40 years. So mid 80s, maybe late 70s, maybe early 90s. I am told that uh, this part of the country got very busy with RVs uh, during that period of time. And these would have been, you know, your grandparents, mostly World War II and Korean vets that came out uh, into these, uh, these deserts. Uh, my understanding is that in the 80s, it just kind of became a mecca for RV campers and other kinds of campers to get out from underneath the weather. And it was a lot busier then than it is now. Then you might have three, 400,000 people here. Uh, when we did the video with uh, Peter Santanello, somebody on that video said something like there was hundreds of thousands of people. I don't think so. Uh, these are very large. We're talking thousands and thousands of acres, campgrounds, which are divided into just straight up no service campgrounds and or uh, long-term visitor areas. Long-term visitor areas have uh, places where RVs can dump their gray water and black water tanks. They have garbage service. You pay $180 for whatever, November. No, it's October through uh, April. And you're good to go. You get a sticker and you can stay here uh, indefinitely. Whereas in other campgrounds, national forests, as well as BLM, you either get 10 days or 14 days. And then you have to move. Sometimes people just don't move. Sometimes people don't get stickers. Uh, Sometimes they register for the 14 days and they stay all winter. Eventually, somebody from the Park Service will, will, will show up somebody from BLM will show up and say, hey, you know, there's other places to camp. So the around Quartzsite, there's Dome Rock, 
which is down on the 10 on the other the western end of town there's uh skadden wash which is really in town there's ltva north which is sort of in town and then uh west which is close to one end of town then you come out a little further and you get to la posa south and tyson's wash and then you go a little further and there's a pretty large i believe it is a county uh campground about 25 miles from here and then if you go further south down to yuma there are a number of ltvas down there they get pretty crowded too because they're close to mexico and a lot of people like to go to mexico for dental work and pharmaceuticals and things like that now if you head north out of town towards parker at 95 there's um there's a campground on the right if you're heading north called high jolly this is fairly my sense is it's not as big as some of the other campgrounds and then one more up the road called plumosa road and plumosa road is a two-week area it is dispersed there's no services and it runs for quite a ways and there are a lot of acreage there's a lot of acreage along this little this road that runs down to a town called bouse and then the bouse is like a small version of quartzite it's got a couple of stores and some other things and uh, a lot of people go down that way and then they've got a lot of um, paid campgrounds down there as well so there's a lot of campgrounds where people can go into and find a spot that uh, will serve their needs they're not the kind of campgrounds where you've got the uh, the iron fireplaces you build your own fire pit they don't have demarcations and one of the things i want to say is people will come in and they think it's like forest service campgrounds or those campgrounds where people park together and the, the limit is 15 feet apart but there's so much room you don't have to park next to other people and i sit here and i watch people come in and they will literally pull in right next to people and it's it's really a source of irritation you don't have to do that you can go find a spot that is way open especially the earlier you, you come if you're going to come down here uh you can find a spot that is pretty open there's some rules if you don't have drop tanks you gotta be within 500 feet of a bathroom but there's at least four bathrooms down the road here which by the way is paved this year we just they just paved it so it's pretty cool but what interests me uh is uh, aside from the campgrounds with their uh odd assortment of people who come out here with different levels of resources some people come out in tents some people come out in beautiful five hundred thousand dollar rvs some people just have old broken down rvs some people have ambulances and buses i'm camping with three buses right now in various states of repair some people are in their cars some people are first timers some people have been coming out here for 25 years since they retired and they come from all over the place a lot of canadians uh people from literally all over the united states but generally i would say there's a lot of people from minnesota wisconsin michigan uh ohio I don't see too many Indiana plates. Uh, I see a lot of uh, Utah. I see a lot of Idaho. Not so many Wyomings or Montanas. 
and uh, a lot of South Dakota because a lot of people register their vehicles in South Dakota. So that's what you see. And North Dakota. You see any place where the, the upper tier where it is really cold in the winter, people come down here at various times. So we, we're still not very crowded. It's, it's mid-November. After Thanksgiving, they'll start pouring in. And you'll see everything. Then there is uh, the road tramps. There's two big road tramp uh, sort of rallies. And uh, that brings in a whole bunch of other kinds of people. They're usually in minivans and cars and tents. And they sort of descend on quartzite. And then there's the big RV show, which happens in January. And that brings in a whole bunch of other people. And... Uh, uh, then you get a lot of Canadians that come down starting in late November. So in the second half of the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about Quartzsite itself because it's really an interesting place. Uh, for for the main reason, and, and I didn't really come up with this. A friend of mine and I were talking about this, and uh, she said... Uh, you know, it's really a, it sounds like a cultural crossroads. Never been here, but it sounds like a cultural crossroads. And we have these cultural crossroads uh, all over the country in various ways. Cities, in some ways, are cultural crossroads. Really, internationally, there are cultural crossroads where different groups of people sort of intermingle. This is a cultural crossroads in a little bit different way. When I say it's a poor man's paradise, I don't mean that as an insult. It's not even a joke, because it's really true that you can come down here regardless of what your resources are, and you can stay and enjoy yourself uh, and not really spend that much money. But it's not a resort. You know, there's, you know, there's not, uh, you don't have five-star restaurants. You don't have the... You don't have the, the covered wagon barbecues like you do at the Carefree Inn, let's say, or some of these places, these really beautiful resorts in Palm Springs or even around Death Valley or, or even Joshua Tree is more sophisticated uh, than Quartzsite, which is, and I don't mean this as an insult, little more than a series of truck stops and shanty towns that, that appear this time of the year to serve campers. And we'll talk about that in the second half of this podcast. Well, I do have a lot of people to thank and that I didn't, I wasn't able to thank um, in the the uh, commemorative three-year podcast because there was other things I wanted to say. And, and I do want to thank the people who have helped support what we're doing. And so we'll just start with um, John Spaulding, 20 bucks. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. Uh, and John is uh, down in uh, Iowa. Some people choose to do the monthly payment thing, which I really appreciate. We could call it a monthly subscriber kind of thing. Brandon Sabata, thanks for your $5 payment, which is uh, you know one of those things like a subscription, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Brandon is one of the YouTube guys, and thank you for your subscriptions and likes and shares on uh, YouTube as well. And I will thank you guys specifically on YouTube as well. Got to uh, do a quick shout out to my friend Big O, Oscar, uh, $20. Uh, Oscar, actually he gave me $50 and they just gave me $20. Uh, Oscar's here in Quartzsite and what he's doing is repairing generators. And he's kind of at the entrance to South. 
And uh, if you if you are here and you need a generator repaired, uh, send me a message. John McFadden, uh, $25. Thank you so much. He's from North Carolina. And again, some of these people are from YouTube. You might have come in through YouTube. Uh, I don't know John, so it's really great to get... Uh, uh, you know, sort of contributions from people that uh, that I, I don't know, and they're just, you know, responding to the content. I want to thank, uh, actually, I don't have a name for this person's, but I think it's Cressage. I hope I pronounced it right. Uh, $50. Thank you so much. I want to thank my old friend, Travis. I've mentioned Travis in a po- couple of podcasts. Travis is uh, an old friend of my brother-in-law's. We all traveled together when Travis was like 15, I don't know, maybe even younger. And between Travis and Mike, uh, Travis is uh, is an editor out in Hollywood, and he sent me ten bucks. He's doing the, what do you call that? He's doing the uh, the subscription monthly payment thing. And thank you, Travis. Travis is getting ready to uh, to head out in his own van. So I wish you luck, man. Just want to thank uh, Austin and or Wesley Emberlin. Um, he said, uh, I always enjoy listening to your podcast. I listen to hours of older ones on a recent work trip. Here's uh, here's some gas money. Take care and hope the truck is fixed soon. Cheers, Austin. Thanks, man. Uh, he's from Ambeline, Kansas, and I don't know Austin either. This What's great is I love it when people make contributions that I don't know coming in from uh, YouTube or wherever. And this is one of the great things about the sort of the YouTube platform is I'm really getting to talk to people and deal with people that uh, I haven't, I don't know. Jeffrey Dunn has been really helpful to the Bob Davis podcast for a long time. Thank you. $25. Thanks a ton. Just want to thank Mindy Collins for $20. Uh, Mindy's doing a payment thing, and uh, uh, she's been very helpful and supportive of the podcast, as she is with other people doing other things. I, I follow uh, you know Mindy on Facebook and, uh, and Instagram, and she is always trying to help people and do for people. I mean, you know, she was down there in that hurricane not too long ago, was very lucky to have not gotten into too many, you know, destruction issues in her own home, but has really pitched in to help people in the community. And thank you, Mindy. And then, of course, I just want to thank uh, my sponsor very quickly, uh, 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis at uh, 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South. I often talk about independent refueling stations as the place to go for uh, better prices. There's a place here in Quartzsite that is an independent refueling station and they're generally as much as a dollar less now i don't know what the situation in minneapolis is but i do know that the store has all kinds of locally sourced products lonnie uh, is getting famous for doing some pretty great things with 36 lynn check them out online at 36lynn.com check out their instagram feed at 36 lynn they got a great sense of humor they are involved in the community and of course got a good deal on fuel and peace coffee and a lot more at 36 lynn a cultural crossroads when you travel you know the first time you go to a place it's it's almost like a dream so let's say you like to go to the caribbean and you have a place that you go to the first time you were there it was just uh you're just wide-eyed and you're really excited to be there and you're seeing it for the first time and when you go in successive times, there's no time like the first time. So when you go the first time, it's almost like Disneyland, right? And then as time goes on, you begin to get into, you get to know people and you get a little few layers deep. 
and you get to know a place that you don't live in you just visit and you might spend time there with anywhere from two weeks to a few months in a place and over time you get to know people i think people who are travelers that go to places like quartzite or someplace in the caribbean the people that are doing the nomad life on the water let's say sailing they're not permanent residents of places that they actually end up spending an awful lot of time in and i think they bring a really interesting perspective to the place and i would say the thing that i've learned the first time i came uh i really didn't know what was going on where to stay what i didn't know anything about the ltvas i didn't know anything about quartzite and i found it interesting but i didn't spend any time in town and in successive years i've spent time in town i've gotten to know obviously the first thing that happens is you get to know the people that are providing services so you get to know uh, Jerry at the laundromat. You get to know Noel and Tina uh, and Zach at the Woodside or the Woodstock uh, Wood Place. Uh, you get to know the the la- everyone calls her the Korean lady. We don't know her name, but she runs sort of this tent clothing store. She sells a little bit of firewood, and they have bicycles and stuff like that. Really nice people, just really nice. Uh, there was a time when uh, we, I was here with somebody that had a. a they brought their daughter, and uh, she gave she gave this girl a you know like an Asian fan, a Japanese fan, whatever you call it, and a little thing. I mean, she just wanted her to. She was like, "We don't see too many young girls here. We just want to give you, you know, some some things." just very nice people there's also uh, at another part of town uh uh cuny road there is a tent city which begins to emerge as time goes on the tents go up as more and more people come in and the tents there's a there's some outdoor restaurants there's a place called the horny toad that's in town now but there are uh you know places where you can go and and uh, all sorts of services where everybody everybody goes so you know there's a place that sells the incense and the hippie clothes and there's a place that sells uh tools and there's a there's a a a grocery store underneath the tent where you buy stuff that's fallen off trucks you know and it's just as you go and you have conversations with people you learn the different you know everybody has a different view of quartzite uh some people are kind of down on it some people see the dark side some people uh just see it as what it is which is sort of a pop-up village because in the summer if you come here it's literally tumbleweeds in the street there's really no one here all the campgrounds they're all empty uh none of the the tents are all gone there's no stores open and of course they have a they have the coyote food store and they have the roadrunner food store and a family dollar and a ace hardware and a uh a dollar store and those stay open but for the most part in the summer this place is dead the other thing that i think is very interesting about this place is the people that come here because if you have means you're going to go to palm springs you're going to go to california someplace you're going to go to you know mazatlan or someplace like that you when you when it comes time to get out of the weather and you live in chicago or new york or you live you know you're going to bermuda you're going to someplace and you're going to spend five six hundred dollars a night for a hotel room because you have the means to do that 
the people that come here, uh, they might have uh, a nice RV. They might have an RV that they bought when they sold their house or something. But there's a lot of vans. There's a lot of old ambulances. There's a lot of school buses. There's a lot of tents. There's a lot of people living in cars because they're just, you're, you know, they're getting out of the weather. There's a giant fly in here. i got to get rid of this. Out. Out with ye. Get out. Okay. Off you go. Sorry. There's a there's just a, a, this whole variant of people here, and we all interact in one way or another. You know, we we all uh, get to know each other, and we take each other at face value. Sometimes people have beautiful RVs. We're in a place where we're kind of between two washes, so we have this little enclave of our you know different cobbled together RVs, and we like to refer to this as the city. And then across the wash is what we call the suburbs, because over there are all of the big, expensive RVs, because they require a little more space. So they're all spread out on this plain of rocks with their big, giant RVs on one end. And then on the other end are all these van-like people in white vans. They kind of congregate together. And these are different, really different disciplines of nomad travel. Some people are just snowbirds. Some people are doing it full-time, and this is what they do. I've often talked about the requirements. If you're going to do this full time all the time, you, you got to look at your rig in terms of because if you put if you take an a, just a regular RV with slide outs and stuff like that and you're full time, you have to be prepared to stay in state parks and national parks uh, if you can get into them if it's longer than 30 feet. And when you come out here, this is rocky and uh, you get stuck and there's a lot of dust. And it affects things like slide outs and, you know, levelers. And it gets into everything. You're constantly sweeping and vacuuming to get the dust out of your vehicle. And it can cause different problems. Also, there's critters. There's desert rats. There's desert. They're called civet cats. Uh, they look like cats or rabbits, but they're raccoons. There are mountain uh, cats. There are... Um, scorpions and spiders and things like that and let us not forget the coyotes which is almost uh you know an icon of the southwest and particularly arizona there are coyotes all over the place you don't see them during the day generally speaking unless you get here really early because this is their territory you know and if there's only a few people here you'll start to see more coyotes but they do come out at night so you don't leave your dogs out at night, especially if they're small dogs, because they will not be there in the morning. The desert rats are really the problem. See a lot, you see a lot of people with lighting under their vehicles. These are things you learn when you're talking to people. Why do you have those lights under your vehicle? Why do you have your hood up? Well, you know, the desert rats, they like warm spaces and they'll get in and they'll chew your wiring up and cause all kinds of problems. You know, you don't want to have that. All different walks of life. Uh, some people, there's a guy down the way that does welding, and there's a guy down the way I mentioned Oscar that does uh, generator repair, and there's somebody down the way that does tamales, and I can't give you her name because I don't want to get her in trouble, but she makes great tamales and tacos and stuff like that. And you get to know people, and it's just a pleasure. It's a high vibe. The thing that's really interesting is somebody like Jerry, everybody knows Jerry at the laundromat. Jerry's constantly networking. And he's bringing people in to help and do things. And, you know, he's he's one of these really great hard scrabble businessmen. And I don't think, I mean, he's doing very well because he has a great business here in Quartzsite, which is a laundromat. You know, it's just real simple stuff. So when I say poor man's paradise, it's a place you can come 
and spend the winter and not spend a fortune. You're not spending $500 a day for a hotel room. You're not dealing with prices uh, that you would for lunch at a resort. Yeah, they have diners and stuff. You can go into town and you can have uh, air fries and an air fry hamburger at uh, the Horny Toad. Not very expensive. Or you can go to the Times 3 Diner and not very expensive. Other places that, that you know, are various restaurants. There's a place called the Yacht Club. <laughs> you have to have a membership. And we go up to uh, Parker to the Walmart to get, once a month or so, we go up to Parker to sort of roll in the supplies, like the the dry goods, the nuts, the pretzels, the crackers, the canned goods. We all have sort of a little larder of canned goods just in case we run out of food. Uh, we all either have coolers, we have to go in and buy ice, or I now have a refrigerator, which is just uh, incredibly luxurious. I can't get the French roast coffee that I buy. I have to go to the Walmart to get that. Uh, you know, th but there's no Whole Foods. There's no, you know, really expensive food stores. There's no place that you would even consider getting dressed up to go to. You just <laughs> the idea of putting on high heels. Not for me. I'm speaking to women. Like you just wouldn't do that. Everybody wears jeans and boots and sweatshirts and hats. There's no super expensive restaurants. And everybody's from Ypsilanti or Sault Ste. Marie or Minneapolis. or They all have various rigs with various things. Some people hang their solar on the side of their rig and they got awnings that they put up. You've got all sorts of rock formations people build over the years. You have people that return to the same spot every year and they build it up and they've got their friends there. And then you have people that show up and they've never been here before and they, they don't understand what's what and they kind of have to be shown the ropes or guided in various ways people all have there's dogs on dogs on i don't know why there's a lady down here that has like 50 dogs in her vehicle so there's a lot of eccentric people as well and of course i wouldn't know anything about that <laughs> i'm pretty eccentric as we uh learn that cities are not all they're cracked up to be. I think it's pretty obvious that cities have begun to have some pretty serious problems. Americans are starting to search for other places to live, and they're, they're really looking at small towns, not even medium markets. They're looking at towns of 10,000 and less, or 12,500 1500 uh, and less, if they can find them. And what I've learned traveling uh, uh, on back roads over the last three years is there are some really great small towns they all have sort of different purposes quartzite is a shanty town because it's literally a pop-up town and it became what it is largely because during the 80s and 90s there were a lot more people here it was literally like new york city in season but it's an rv world it's a rig world it's a down market world uh, and I don't say that in a judgmental way. It's really very special because you have working people who come here and everybody, as I said earlier, takes you at face value. You work with each other. 
you have to accommodate each other and you make some really good friends and develop some really good relationships. It isn't like going to a $500 a night resort or a cruise or something like that. This is a much deeper uh, experience and I think a much better experience because of that. Because you're, if you come and you stay for four months, you're going you're gonna to develop relationships. And some of those relationships will be for the rest of your life. And I think that's really a cool thing. Because these are people you wouldn't necessarily deal with if you were back in, in the world someplace. And sometimes they don't have very many resources at all. But somehow you have common cause. Uh, uh, and again, as I said, there's very, there's very, there's people here who have a lot of money, but they're not flashing it around. Yeah, they have a big RV and stuff, but they do, do they do get together. They help each other out. Sometimes, time they start businesses, they do things, and the, and the senior people in Quartzsite that have really successful businesses, which are really just services, like I said, laundromat, wood, things like that. Uh, you you really learn a lot about this place and the experience and what it should be when you're talking to them. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks to my friends Garden Gurus MN in Minnesota and they want me to tell you that they have uh, these decorative Christmas, they call them Christmas pots. Really they're about five feet tall and they go in your entryway, they provide color and beauty it in what otherwise is a gray slate uh, monochrome environment in Minneapolis St. Paul during the winter. So check out GardenGurusMN.com. All the information about the Christmas pots is right there and they will hold their color for at least a couple of months from December on and they're available right now at GardenGurusMN.com. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcasts uh, at Spotify, uh, Audible, um google podcasts of course itunes the granddaddy and i do separate and unique content regarding these podcasts on youtube at the bob davis podcasts youtube channel thanks for listening to podcast 1120 poor man's paradise quartzsite arizona <sighs> They all got the same heartbeat, but hers has fallen behind. Nothing in this world could ever bring them down. Yeah, they're invincible, and she's just in the background. And she said.